Welcome, welcome, welcome to podcast numero uno, the first episode of Skin Fashions, Confessions of an Esthetician. I'm excited that you're here. In this first podcast, I would like to go over a couple things. Uh, the title of this podcast is Sleeping in a Bounce House. I will explain why <laughs> in just a few minutes. I will talk about who I am and my creation story. I don't want to take it too long. This isn't necessarily about me, but maybe give you some background of why I'm doing what I'm doing. A little bit about why the podcast came to be. And in each episode, I'm looking to share an anecdote. I have plenty from the last decade of uh, being in the treatment room with patients. And a skin tip, something that accessible that might help you with your skin across the board. This actually is a really easy one for today. And each episode, I, I look to sprinkle those in. So let's get started. Who am I? I am an esthetician and a business owner now. I opened my practice. I have a practice named Moonlight Laser Clinic in Lakewood, Colorado. I opened during the pandemic, probably not the best time to start a business if you are concerned about having ulcers or lack of sleep. However, it made sense at the time. Maybe at some point I'll go into the story of that. Uh, that's not the point of today's podcast, but I am a business owner. I am an esthetician. I became licensed in the state of Colorado in 2012. Uh, I went to aesthetic school in 2011. I did used to work in corporate America in a nice little office job and uh, despised it. I loved the people I worked with. I just really, I remember walking to work one day because I used to live downtown Denver and I would walk in and it was like a 15 minute walk. And I remember hoping that I would get hit by a car so I didn't have to go to work that day. And that's when I knew this is not the career for me. <laughs> and bless you if you are good at that. That was not my calling. And, you know, I had, I have an undergrad in anthropology. I studied abroad um, for a couple years. I got my degree in 2006 or seven and loved anthropology, got out of college and just thought I was going to save the world. And apparently that doesn't happen when you work in management consulting. It really wasn't about that. And I had horrid, horrid, horrid skin. I do have some pictures that I can share. I don't have pictures of it at its peak because as any of you who have acne know, uh, you don't want that to be documented. And so I didn't document it. I was probably about 18 months into recovery and healing on somewhat linear path when I did take a picture, but I do have a picture from that point. And you can see, um, my skin did some healing. I didn't uh, pick a ton, which is great, so I don't have a ton of scarring, but it is a process that I work on. That being said, I'm in corporate America. I am miserable, and I decided, with the help of my then-esthetician, who is just a doll, she did move away, and I miss her dearly, but she encouraged me as well to look into aesthetic school, and that's what I did. I went to Colorado Advanced Aesthetics in, in Colorado, and basically six months after I would go to work, I would drive down to school 
and be at school until 9 or 10 and then I'd come home and do homework and somehow get up and go and do the next thing. It's amazing when you are excited about what you're doing, how much energy you have to do said thing. And I was also in my 20s. You have lots of energy in your 20s. So I became an esthetician. Everyone said I was crazy because I was leaving a very well-paying job with benefits and security and comfort to go and do something where there would be days where I would make $10 a day. And that wasn't just for a month. It was for a while. And uh, I had a very supportive partner at the time uh, who did help me work through that, helped me pay some of the bills in, in, uh, in that little time frame where I was not making much money. I do remember doing the math and thinking, I spent more on fuel today than I made. And it didn't matter. I love it. If I'm ever in a sassy mood and I come to work and I'm in the treatment room, give me three minutes and I feel rejuvenated. And I love the connection that you can have with a person in a treatment room. It's just you and said person and the door is shut and I can be me and they can be them if they so choose. And, you know, however much wants, they want to share with me is it's a blessing. I am so grateful for what I do. And I have over the last decade made connections with people that I adore. These people are people, if I ever decide to get married, I want them to be at my wedding. And some of them I want to be in my wedding. And I ask them life questions. And when I had my, my baby, why am I wearing a diaper after I have my baby? Why don't People talk about this stuff. And one of the things I love, and part of the reason for this podcast, which will kind of segue into the why here, is why don't we talk about these things? Why doesn't anybody tell you that you will be wearing a diaper after you give vaginal birth? Because you will be bleeding and pussing, and there will be not comfortable things. Before I had my daughter, who is now six, I am no longer wearing diapers, which is great. I thought I was going to do a 14er when she was two weeks old. I saw it on the schedule at the gym and I thought, oh yeah, I'll be good by then. I'll just pack her up and here we go. No, you won't. And I bless you if you have the energy and stamina, in my opinion. You've got to have some balls to take an infant child up a 14er. I thought I was going to be that mom. I 100% am not that mom. But... I appreciate so many things and so many things I've learned from patients. And those are the people that I can call and say, why am I wearing a diaper? And they can explain it to me. And these are things I would like to share, things that maybe not everybody gets access to from parents. I would say that one of the big messages that I have heard over the years of working in the treatment room is, well, my dad never taught me that or he would never talk about this or my mom never taught me how to do skincare or never really taught me that there were multiple holes in my vagina how does this work you know what what's going on down there and how do I wear a tampon you know I got some interesting coming of age stories that I've you know heard or in personally experienced <laughs> that I've collected over the years and this is something that I think as community we don't necessarily share and if we do maybe it's it's in a way that I haven't seen yet 
And so that's part of why I'm here, not only for those little anecdotes, but but also for some real true life hacks that I've picked up that I've had people say, you know, I'm doing X, Y, and Z and it's really working. And then I pass that on to one or two or three people a day and it makes a huge change in their life. And how can I, how can that resonate with maybe somebody else? And that's part of the reason for the podcast. The other thing that kind of prompted the podcast is that I truly have witnessed and truly believe that we are in control of our health. That doesn't mean that, you know, you can think in your head, I'm going to grow a third arm or I'm going to fix X, Y, or Z. But our body is what does the work. And the tools that we use that are outside are possibly helping help our body heal itself. But it is, in the end, our body that does the healing. I've learned this over the years in my narrative and messaging to patients when they come in. Should be, whether or not I'm uh, succinct and clear in conveying this message. But it really should be that I'm not healing your skin. Your body is doing the healing. The tools that we, you know, whether it be a cleanser or whether it be a, a laser treatment or those types of tools are what you are using to help your body do the healing. And so we look at it from a holistic approach. Any of my patients know I've probably referred you to somebody, an acupuncturist, a chiropractor, and I have a whole little black book of people that I send to. I have an awesome massage therapist. You know, those types of people really do help in different facets. Our body is a whole system. And I have heard over the years that people come in and they are overwhelmed and they feel out of control in their healing process or why is my body doing this? Why don't I understand this? And I should just be able to go and get a pill and it should work or why isn't this working? And there's a lot of little pieces and I'm not a doctor. I'm not here to give medical advice. I'm just here to offer the idea that there can be some confidence in saying, I know that my body is designed to do the healthy pattern. And then it's up to you to find those tools that exist outside of you, whether that be prescription drugs or, you know, maybe a treatment or a surgery that your doctor has, or maybe something that I offer topically that will help with skin conditions, rosacea or acne or any of those things. And then there are other outlets out there. You know, there's something as simple as essential oils. What, what can those do? Something as hopeful as going to an acupuncturist, you know, what can that do for and how does that work? And I love my acupuncturist. I love my chiropractor. I love my massage therapist. They are all great people. They are great people and they are great healers. And if you need any of their information, you are welcome to reach out to me and I will get that to you. So I think we covered a little bit of who I am. I will go into a little bit more depth of that real quick uh, because I did get sidetracked. I am a business owner. I am an esthetician. I am a mother of a beautiful six-year-old, beautiful inside and out. She has, I would love to say, she's taught me everything I know. And she definitely came at a time when I was not expecting it, but that I appreciate and needed. And I have learned an exponential amount from having her. Now, parenting is <laughs> not easy for me. 
uh, nor do I believe that it is for anyone else. But that is another thing I feel that I pick up on in patterns from patients over the years is, hey, try this. Hey, read this book. And over time, I will share some of that as well. I am a girlfriend. I have been in a relationship with a wonderful man for three years. I have learned a lot about uh, attachment styles and, and loving on somebody. Travis is absolutely amazing at relationships and he is so good at keeping me in check. He is very good balance for me. As much as I try to destroy the relationship, he is very patient. <laughs> and I will share some of that coming up as well too um, in future podcasts. I'm a bonus mom to four wonderful kiddos. That has definitely been something that of a learning curve. What does it look like and how do you define being a bonus mom? And where do you stand in any situation? And just had unbelievable support and help from patients who have been in this situation. The whole gamut, you know, the don't don't ever move in together kind of experiences or yes, move in together and, and be super involved or don't be involved or just a lot of different perspectives on how people manage these very large opportunities in life. And we're dealing with other humans, you know, there's, in my case, we've got seven humans involved. So it's a lot of people, you know, we don't want to make decisions lightly but for seven people. And as I've mentioned in the past, this is, it's very important to me. This podcast has been something of a dream for me for a number of years. And the reason this podcast is called Sleeping in a Bounce House is because just last night I met with a few wonderful patients and for whatever reason it clicked. And this morning I woke up, I want to say it was probably 1.30 in the morning with all of the ideas and this is where it happens. And I went, put my microphone in my cart at Target and it was ready for me by the time I dropped my kid off at school. And in the meantime, I'm bouncing back and forth in the bed. And when I woke up in the morning, I asked Travis how he slept and he said, well, it was like sleeping in a bounce house. <laughs> and uh, bless him for being patient, not just with relationships, but also with my sleep patterns. Again, something I will touch on in future podcasts. I am grateful to be able to have the opportunity to do this. I did spend some time, a number of hours this morning, trying to figure out just how to turn the microphone on. <laughs> and I think I've got it. Um, looks like the, the video is recording as well, which is great. And my goal is to keep podcasts somewhere around 20, 25 minutes. I feel like that's a pretty good, for those of you who still commute or just popping around doing errands, I feel like that's a pretty good amount of time. Uh, that may evolve over time, but at this point, I'm really looking for that 20 to 25 minutes. And I appreciate you lending your ears for that time and and getting involved and connected and, and reaching out if you have any questions or if you've got feedback. That's certainly welcome as well. I think we've got the big pieces of the show today. One little skin tip I do want to share for those of you who are my patients already, you've heard me say this one million times. And the reason it is my first skin tip for my first ever podcast is because it is so simple, but it's free and it's easy and it will fix so many things. It is the two minute cleanse. This is something I've been doing basically since I became an esthetician. 
you take your cleanser, you take about pea size of it, depending on uh, which gender you are, pea size can vary, but you want a pea size of your cleanser, depending on which cleanser it is. Get that nice and wet. Don't wet your face, just your hands. Massage your cleanser in for two minutes. Two minutes. Blah, 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 blah. Don't do around your eyes. We can talk about that more later, but good cleanse everywhere, face, back of ears, neck. Decollete if you're in the shower. Some people out of the shower don't necessarily want that. As you continue to massage, it will start to dry out and absorb in. Wet the tips of your fingers, keep that emollient and rubbing in. There's a number of reasons for that. One, you are getting the stimulation and circulation from the stimulation of your fingers. That movement is helping to bring up resources in your skin. That helps with lymph system and healing and all sorts of great things. Number two, there are scientists spending oodles of time working on these cleansers. Regardless of which cleanser you had, somebody is putting those ingredients together on purpose. And if you put it on and then rinse it off right away, none of it has a chance to absorb. Give the scientists some time to, to work their magic. Get that ingredient in there. Massage it in. Really help to stimulate. I find that people who struggle with any condition... Most of what I see here roots from some form of dehydration, not dryness, dehydration, but we do have some dry patients as well. The dehydration can be addressed almost entirely with a good cleanse. If you have a great cleanser and you're massaging it in for two minutes, twice a day, you are going to see an improvement in the way that your skin processes your following ingredients. You do a good cleanse. Now you've got a nice clean slate add a good moisturizer or uh, vitamin C serum on top of that. And now you have a more effective skincare routine and you didn't pay anything extra for it. There's no brushes that you need to add. There's no special fancy tools. It's just your fingers and some water. It's totally free. Get the most out of your cleanser. That's my skin tip for today. We are about 21 minutes in and I think that's uh, about time to call it. I really, really, truly appreciate the opportunity to be able to speak to you. And like I said, if you have any comments or feedback, I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day.